truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to The Blaze, live and on demand. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here along for the ride. As is New York talk show host Shannon Joy. Of course, it's a Friday, so the Dace Group will be coming your way momentarily. Also coming up a little bit later on, uh, today's Truth Bomb. We'll get to some feedback Friday on a plethora of topics and more. Let us know what you think about what we think. 888-900-3393 is the number here to The Blaze. 888-900-3393. You can also email the program, steve at stevedace.com. Last name is D-E-A-C-E for those of you listening today via Blaze Radio or on the podcast. You can also like us on Facebook. Just like us a lot there because they they like to not record how many likes we get with our shadow ban and all. So just keep liking us over and over again. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You know, this job beats going down a mine shaft with a flashlight um, because one of the cool things we get to do is support worthwhile causes. Maybe the most important cause uh, in the history of all causes uh, is the taking of the word of God to the ends of the earth. And that's where Back to Jerusalem comes in. They are based in communist China. And their mission is to take the word of God to every closed country between communist China and Jerusalem. What's a closed country? It's a country that attempts to close their people off from God's word. They don't want their people inspired. They don't want their people hope filled because such a people have a tendency to think, you know, I'd I'd like to have more freedom and liberty because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And they don't want to give that to their people. They want to oppress them instead. If you want uh, to watch those people be set free from the by the word of God from their oppressive regimes, here's where Back to Jerusalem comes in. They've taken God's word. They've put it into an electronic form that is about the size of a pill uh, to be downloaded later that makes it easier to sneak it past the gatekeepers in these various countries, but they need our help. It costs about $15 in terms of all the overhead risk, etc., to get one of those electronic Bibles into one of the hands there in one of these closed countries. If you want to help, here's how. Blazehelp.org is the website, blazehelp.org, or give them a call at 844-305-0566. And now, the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by Real Estate Agents I Trust, a company started by Glenn Beck and his associates a few years ago. Tired of real estate agents who talked a good game and then did not deliver the results when they were needed and expected. They started a company called Real Estate Agents I Trust. And the difference between this and other real estate referral agents, you'll, agencies you'll find out there is those are really done by uh, real estate advocates that are attempting to find clients for the agents. In this case, they're advocating for you, the customer, to empower you. And these are agents that have all over the country that have agreed to be vetted, uh, that have agreed to be held accountable, be transparent about the results they get, and have passed the muster to be listed at realestateagentsitrust.com, the website. So if you're buying or selling a home this year, and it is springtime when a lot of that market now begins to crank into high gear, if you want to buy or sell a home for the right time and the right price, 
check out the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Now, this week's day screw. I I decided that maybe we had turned the page on the whole uh, Russian collusion, yada, yada, yada thing too soon. After all, we have been blasted with this story uh, for 680 some odd days as a people. So I decided let's go back and, and do one edition of this show, looking at this story from its various angles to decide, you know, what's live and what's Memorex, what's truth, what's fiction, what's masterpiece theater. And we're going to look at the Russian collusion story all hour from the various angles attached to it, beginning with issue one, vindication. For Donald Trump, it all began with not keeping his mouth shut. Was going to fire Comey. Uh, I, there's no good time to do it, by the way. Uh, they, because in your letter, you said I, I accepted accepted their recommendation. Yeah, well, they so you also, had already made the decision. Uh, oh, I was going to fire regardless of recommendation. So there was they, really- and that was the genesis of the witch hunt. 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 In fact, Trump was so sure that it was a witch hunt, witch hunt, witch hunt, that he hired a team of 17 lawyers in January to prepare for his defense of the findings of the upcoming Mueller report. Turns out, though, it was all just a delicious McDonald's dollar menu nothing burger. At least that's according to Attorney General Bill Barr, who released a summary report of the Mueller special counsel's findings just last weekend. That report stated the special counsel found no evidence of collusion and was inconclusive in its investigation of obstruction by the Trump administration into its investigation. And now to make Shannon happy, here's a video of a gigantic squirrel. First question on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being Lindsey Graham's actual T-level. And 10 being the T-level most folks believe he is our new conservative hero actually has. How much do you believe President Trump was vindicated by the outcome here? Todd, I'll start with you. It, it should be a 10, but, but I can't give him a 10. I need to take uh, one point away for every part that he played in this. So I'm down at an eight. You take one point away for what Aaron showed. He, he's the one who, who you know put too much chum in the water uh, with his arrogance. You mean by the fact he would not, when his staff articulated yes. a, a line of reasoning for why James Comey was fired, meaning it was on the recommendation of, of Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, and he went on, he called Lester Holt over to the White House in May of 2017 and went Colonel Jessup and said, no, I ordered the damn code yeah. red. And I would have done it even without the political right. cover provided by Rod Rosenstein. 72 hours, Robert Correct. Mueller was appointed. That's what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. And I need to take another point away for the simple fact that many scumbags were indicted. They were in the employ of Donald Trump. None of it leads back to uh, Russian collusion. And that is a very good thing for anybody who's an American cares about being American to celebrate. But, you know, he brings this upon himself as well, because when you're surrounded by people like this, it, it's it's not unreasonable to at least have a question. Now, if you're like the media and you turn that question into a party game, yeah, then that's on Don't you. Be, that, that'll be a whole okay, separate no, topic. Just, so okay. I give him an eight. All right, all right. Actually, that's, you know, given what I think a lot of people probably thought this was going to end up, you know, Oh, that's grief. a pretty high score. Yeah, very right? high. Yeah. Okay. Shannon, you're up. What do you think? I think I'm going to give myself a 10 
for being vindicated in my identification of this story as a complete squirrel. I can't imagine. I mean, it is unbelievable to me. The You could not have picked a more ambiguous, murky, cloudy conclusion to everything that is and was Russia, 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 the Mueller report. We don't even have we don't even have the opportunity to see what's in the report. We have a four-page letter from a partisan member of Trump's team from Bill Barr, which I mean basically throws red meat to the Republicans, but also a lot of red meat to the Democrats as well. They use the word inconclusive. This is up there with James Comey's skewering of Hillary Clinton before the election and then walking it back while we're not going to have any indictments, right? Or or any investigations. This is a symphony. I mean, this is you could not have picked a more perfect conclusion to keep this squirrel. I honestly thought that on Friday I was cautiously optimistic that this might be a dead squirrel, a roadkill squirrel. But now I see it's going to be a zombie squirrel because now we have the Democrats freaking out because we can't see the report. There's a cover up. There's collusion. Uh, you have the Republicans claiming victory on a four page assessment overview of the Mueller report. And this is just going to continue. I, you know, this is the story that will not die. It is a zombie squirrel now. But uh, again, I gave myself a 10. I'm vindicated. Do you think there's still a chance that there was Russian collusion, though, Shannon? I think that, yeah, but I think it's overt, not covert, right? So it's obvious. I mean, Trump has enormous connections to Russian oligarchs, the Russian government. I mean, you do a basic... But that's basic- not collusion. That's not illegal. I mean, I, did, was there well, anything illegal that happened? Of course, I, that you're, what you just said is abundantly obvious, I think. But did he I, do something illegal? Was well, he a Russian we, agent? We don't we don't know. We haven't seen the Mueller report. And according to Bill Barr, it's inconclusive. But collusion is not even a thing we're talking about. What we should have been talking about is conspiracy or obstruction. And so collusion is a nice way to make this murky and confusing for everyone. No, come on. Bill Barr may have buried the fact that he's a Russian agent. That's possible. I don't think that he's a well, who knows? I don't know. I mean, they, I, I've done enough research on Donald Trump and his connections with anything and everything, including banking connections, loans, uh, sweetheart deals. The fact that most of his Trump properties in the United States of America are filled with Russian nationals and business owners and all. I mean, so there are there are a lot of connections between Trump and Russia, which people should pay attention to. Sure. You want to know the side of the of, uh, you want to know where his bread is buttered. Right. You want to make sure that Trump is not making foreign policy decisions, economic decisions, trade decisions, tariff decisions based on information or or connection that he has with the Russian government. Is that illegal? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I think that according to Bill Barr, there's no illegality in specifically in Russian collusion to change the outcome of the 2016 election. Let me tell you. All of the the deal with Paul Manafort at the at the Republican convention, going in with his slug or with his thugs and changing the wording of the Republican, um, you know, platform on Ukraine specifically, like all of that, none of that was even addressed. We don't even have, really have answers to that. So again, this is why I call it a squirrel. I mean, it answers all of the questions that no one really cares about. There are questions I think people do care about. But we're not going to get those answers. And it but it does it does fuel the Democrats fire. That's why the story is not going to go away. The Republicans and the conservatives will claim a big victory here in vindication. The Democrats will never accept it because they can't see the final report. And we're going to go down this path. We're going to go in this circular, uh, you know, crap show for the next two years. So, yeah. 
Okay, I want to be Aaron. I want to get you have a chance to speak up. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think. Um, well, one, I, I, I would say. Uh, I would challenge the premise of the question that Lindsey Graham actually has a T a T level. Uh, but I are we at the point that I just can't ask any questions of anybody anymore? Why don't you guys want to do the script every week and you guys decide what questions Steve. you want to answer hey, and Steve. which ones you don't? Steve, it was a joke. Okay, it was a joke. I will answer the question right now. That okay. was a joke. It's okay. Um, so I, I would say though, at, it, it's probably around a seven or an eight, and here's why: um, Aren't Bill Barr and uh, Robert Mueller like buddy buddy? Or don't they like go to church together? They've been friends for like I would, forty years. I would say that would be like a really ballsy thing to do for you to just uh, okay, yeah, this thing that you've been uh, just hammered on from both directions in the media for the last two years, buddy. I'm gonna take this report, read it through, and co- totally contradict everything that you just gave me, Mr. Mueller. Uh, that would seem like a really ballsy and really weird, out of character thing to do for um, for uh, you know Bill Barr. So I I'm not quite sure now if it was anybody else. I would have a little bit more pause and saying, okay, let's read the full report. And I still do want to read the full sure. report. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that should be, even though that's going to lengthen the story even probably by months, and it would probably t- carry us through into uh, 2020. Uh, but, you know, we paid for that report. I think we need to see it. But I don't really think that there's much of a question right now that Barr's, um, that Barr's read-through has been uh, is, is pretty accurate, uh, is pretty uh, – because what you would have to accept – in order to say that it's murky or in order to say that it's inaccurate is that for some reason these friends for 40 years just had some sort of weird falling out and now Barr is trying to stab That doesn't make any sense, guys. Uh, so I'm not saying that we shouldn't see the report or we should just take everything that some bureaucrat, like even the attorney general says, just add his word. But I think what you have to believe in order to say that this uh, summary is is murky is is kind of beyond the pale. See, I'm fine. You, absolutely, the report should be released. I don't care if the Democrats in the House subpoena Robert Mueller and bring him up there to testify. I'd be fine with that, too, frankly. I just have a hard time believing um, that it's been almost a week. It's a little bit like when I when I in sports, when 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 um, fans try to claim they care more than the players and coaches do. Like, I understand being disappointed when your team loses, like mine did last night, for example. What I don't understand, though, is believing you care more about the outcome when you act out in a way that you, you're you essentially saying you believe more in the outcome of the game or care more about it than the people who are literally on national television contesting for it. And that would be my response to everything Shannon just said is about the report. For for I have to, you essentially Shannon are saying you care more about the integrity of Robert Mueller's work than he does. That's essentially what you're saying. You may not realize that or agree with that, but the effect of what you're saying is that that your skepticism of what Bill Barr put in that in the top line findings um, is because you care more. Robert Mueller's been silent. He did this for two years, had his name and career dragged through the mud by Republicans for two years, and now the Democrats are doing it. And and so he's just been silent while Bill Barr's disabused their relationship for the last week and hasn't spoken up all this time to say, no, that's not what's in the report that I submitted to Congress. What's your response to that? Well, I, I would say then release the report. See, what I, my question is, and and quite frankly, I think that that most likely Bill Barr's representation of the report is indeed correct. The problem is they're handing to the Democrats a perfect 
uh, talking point now for the next probably year or well, so. That's a political that's a political calculation and they could be doing that. I could return that around and say, actually, since they're not going to do a damn thing on public policy for the next year, that we all recognize that, that this is an issue winner. And the Republicans would love the Democrats talking about Russian collusion rather than expecting the expectation of addressing the border health care, which we know Republicans in Congress don't want to address any of those issues. So you nailed it. We agree. That's why I call it a squirrel. Okay. Because yeah. that, that's why the larger, for me, the larger thing is that this doesn't mean anything. Both parties are using this to distract us from the crap that they're passing in Congress, from the progressive, the, the enormous lurch to the left by the Republican Party and Donald Trump. Yeah, I, I do agree case. that the issue now works for Republicans. It works yeah, for them. Absolutely. And the longer they drag, because the Democrats can't stop, won't stop. They won't be able to control yeah. themselves, contain yeah. themselves. Bump stocks, anybody? Yep. Yeah, so this is, we're not talking about Trump's bump stock ban. We're not talking about the border that's not being secured. We're not okay. talking about the fact Trump wants to pick a fight on health care and, and Mitch McConnell and the congressional Republicans like, don't you dare go there again. We're not talking about any of those things, and neither are the Democrats, by the way. They're still fueling all their resistance fan fiction, which, to me, I think that actually works for the Republicans. But we're we're short on time. Let's get to the exit question. If the impact of the final verdict here has on the outcome of the 2020 election were a who song, which who song would it be? A, I can't explain. B, I can see for miles. Or C, Eminence Front. It's a put on. Todd. Eminence Front. Shannon. Ditto. Okay. Aaron. Uh, I didn't know this is a Who song, but it is B. It is B. I can see for miles. Okay. Issue two, fraudsters. Breaking news. A bombshell. Today is a turning point. Today was historically bad for President Trump. Today was a turning point. A turning point. We're at a turning point here. The beginning of the end for the Trump presidency. We have another bombshell. Mike Pence might have to assume the office of the presidency. Rumblings of the word impeachment. Breaking news. Another bombshell out of the White House. I believe this is the beginning of the end. I do too. It's really the beginning of the end. He may be feeling the walls closing in on him. All the walls closing in on him. The walls closing in in on him. Breaking news, a new bombshell. One astrologer says this means the beginning of the end for President Donald Trump. Trump will resign. Trump is going to resign. Is this the tipping point? I know we've said it over and over. You think this is a tipping point? And over and over. This is a tipping point. And over and over. Breaking news, President Trump off the rails. It was the beginning of the end today. The beginning of the end. Breaking news tonight, new bombshell. This is the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. The walls are closing in. The walls closing in. The walls closing in. Breaking overnight bombshell. This is a very dramatic day and I think it might be near a tipping point. Do you think this is a tipping point? December 1st, 2017, you can mark it down. This is the day that everything changed. The beginning of the end? Beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. We begin tonight with a bombshell. Donald Trump is in a lot of trouble. Trump is in trouble. The president will resign. Another hour, another bombshell. This is a tipping point. Trump's going down. This president could be impeached. Resignation. Resignation. I don't think this president is going to serve out his term. Mr. Trump will not serve out his term. He will not serve out his term. No way. Know how. Breaking news. Absolute bomb. Donald Trump is not. He's done. And it's over. It's over. The wall's closing in. The wall's closing in. This is going to be the Achilles Hill. Breaking news tonight. I expect Trump to depart. This week will be the watershed week. Trump is in big trouble. Trump's in a lot of trouble. It's a sign of a terrified old man who feels the walls closing in. The walls are increasingly closing in on him. Tonight, the walls are closing in. Today changed everything. This is the beginning of the end. Today, the biggest tipping point for the Trump administration. 
historic day, the bombshells. He's underwater. He feels the walls closing in. Turning point. We may be at a tipping point. It's the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. Another bombshell. 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 This is a bombshell. It is. First question, true or false? When it comes to our media, it can't stop, won't stop. So we should just treat it like the opposition media. I keep saying it is. Not expect anything different from it than you would Iranian state news agencies or Al Jazeera. And then depending on how you answered this question, how do you believe conservatives should then act accordingly? Shannon, I'll start with you this time. Go ahead. I would say true. Uh, The left-wing media, they're unhinged. They won't change. They will never change. They can't stop. (laughs) There is nothing we can do. And there's nothing that we should do, I think, other than compete with them. And so that brings me to the next part of your question. You know, if you want to compete with partisan propagandizing hacks in the left wing media, what would be the best way? And the best way would to be would be to put out information that is truthful and don't be propagandizing propagandizing hacks yourself. You know, so frankly, I don't think that um, I think at this point we have a very partisan left wing media and very partisan right wing media. And I worry about. Conservative media, you know, Steve, you've mentioned Fox, Drudge, you know, Rush, the the big talkers, what I call the faux conservative media. And I'm very concerned that they're not there. I'm concerned that we have in some ways adopted the tactics of the left and that we are beginning to make the next year to two years about Trump 2020. And I think that would be a big mistake for conservative media if we are to compete against the left wing media. And so my mantra is I'm going with George Orwell. Um, in times of universal defeat, truth is a revolutionary act. And so I think the answer here is to continue to comp- to proclaim the truth as, as best you can with all the competing numbers out there. Sometimes it's hard to even get to the truth because everything is so partisan and there is so much propaganda out these days. But for me, um, you know, we, we have a left wing media, a right wing media, I think in, in the long term, in the next two to three to four years, we are seeing more and more people falling away from both political parties, identifying as independents. And I think the huge commodity in media is going to be authenticity and truth. And the people who deliver that, I think, are going to be the people who win in terms of media in the long in the long term. What do you think, Todd? Well, Shannon is absolutely right, aspirationally. But in order to get to the place where your aspirations can grow, uh, when you're dealing with bullies, they never learn until you punch them in the mouth. Uh, scalps need to be taken eventually. There needs to be a cost. Hey, if you're still a conservative and you have a subscription to the Post or the New York Times, mean, you need to bleed them dry. There needs there needs to be lawsuits. Uh, 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 for libel and slander uh people need to see heads roll uh short of that it is going to be very very difficult for people to realize the need for what shannon's talking about she realizes it everybody in this room realizes it but we we talk about how do we get the people outside of the bubble it was fascinating steve you just pointed out yesterday i think we were talking about it off air but how there a poll just came out that most people out there don't even know who ocasio cortez is yeah. white that, people on twitter know yeah. most of the rest of america most people does not know yeah. do most not people know. also yeah. don't you know what's going on on CNN and mm-hmm. and the fact that that it, it is definitely debilitating to our culture but they don't know it so we have to create the circumstances where it rises to the level that they do what do you think Aaron yeah i think i think it's definitely um the the latter when we when we're talking about the media it is opposition media i think though we need to start thinking about it though in in military terms until we get to the point in our country 
where actual gunfire breaks out, a civil war of that um, of that matter. We're still in a war of ideas. I mean, you say in Rules for Patriots, Steve, that politics is how we do civil war. And so let's in, in thinking about it in those terms. Mm-hmm. What does Hamas do on basically a weekly basis? Uh, and what what is uh, you know Hezbollah? And what is the, some of the ter- terrorist organizations? Uh, who shoot missiles over and into Israel do on a weekly basis. They shoot those missiles. What are they trying to accomplish? Well, they're trying to terrorize the people. That's that's true. But really, the, their whole goal is just to troll. Just to troll right. Israel so that Israel will retaliate, and then they will put their martyrs up on the screen. Look mm-hmm. at the Israel. Look at the evil. Is- mm-hmm. Let's start thinking. Those are the same types of tactics, I believe, that the left, and through their mouthpiece, let's say, let's call the, the, the mouthpiece... Uh, Let's call the rockets in this uh, scenario the media. That's that's basically what they are. They're using Hezbollah. Well, they're using terrorist tactics, provoking us to act to out. To provoke us yeah. to act out. Mm-hmm. Now there are sometimes there are sometimes we saw that video a couple days ago of the 85 year old man in San Francisco who got kicked and knocked to the ground. A pro lifer kicked and knocked to the ground by some thug because he didn't like the sign and the message that this pro-lifer was uh, disseminating. That's a time where we need swift justice because those types of instances where these people get, heck, this is the same week that Jussie Smollett got dropped of all those charges. Those types of instances deserve swift and, and very fast judgment. But as far as the day in and day out, can you believe that Rachel? What Rachel Maddow said? Can you believe right. what Don Lemon said? Just starve, yep. starve that. There's oxygen. a great example of everything you just said was proven yesterday. That's great analysis, Aaron. I saw this yesterday in my Twitter feed. The amount of conservatives I saw respond to the Gosh. sodomy laws in Brunei, compared to the amount of conversation I saw about another pro-life activist beaten here in the United States right. on camera. Now, I'm not saying you can't do two things. You can't call out two things you find barbaric at once. That's not what I'm saying. You're uncomfortable with the ratio. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable with the ratio. Yeah. And, and because, it, first of all, would we, how would we even know what the sodomy laws in Brunei are? How many people can even point out Brunei on a map? This, is, this was, you were provoked by Hezbollah, Hamas, the liberal media, to respond to something. And you felt the need to, absolutely, that's terrible. And I have to show you I'm not bad. This is the definition of virtue signaling. And so meanwhile, you are being asked to react and respond to the sodomy, the prosecution of the sodomy laws in Brunei by the very people who want to ignore a pro-life activist beaten on camera right here in their own backyard. That is exactly what you're talking about, Aaron. Yes. They rattle their zipper and we come hither every single time. That, they set the agenda and we just react to it every single time. That, that's, and that's how, and, so, and most of the time it blows up in their face, like with Covington Catholic and Kavanaugh, Russia hoax, et cetera, et cetera. But at some point, we're going to have to learn how to set agendas around here and not just be a reactionary outcome. And that's the difference between do you want to just own the libs? Do you yes. want to just beat your favorite, your hated rival, or do you want to win a championship? Are you more excited when your team wins or when the team you hate loses? Okay, because one allows them to set the agenda, and one means you're the pace car here, and that goes right to what you were just talking about. Exit question: If your opinion of whether consumers of conservative media really wanting to focus on policy over owning the libs were a who song, which who song would it be? A won't get fooled again. B, squeeze box. C, the kids are all right. Don't Todd. get fooled again. Won't get fooled again. What do you think, Shannon? Ditto. Aaron. 
I, I must be in a, I think it's squeeze box because we all just kind of want to be squeezed, don't we? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and 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 when my, and when Daddy comes home, it doesn't get no rest. We just we just want it. We that yes, yeah. That that that's the interpretation of that song in terms of how it applies to this. We just can't get that squeeze enough. And this is my concern: is this is the difference between a click conservative and a conservative media? Okay. A, a click conservative media, the means to the end is owning the libs. There is no higher result because it, they're one and the same. A conservative media owns the libs to create a, a, a preferred policy outcome. Media Matters of America and Think Progress troll people like me or Mark Levin or Glenn Beck and the rest of our roster. They troll people like us to generate the outcome of public policy and, and cultural direction that they desire. It's to, one leads to the other. Aaron's analogy again. Hezbollah's missiles aren't separate from its disinformation campaign. They're both missiles. One just is disinformation and one is an actual physical missile, but they accomplish, they work in concert with one another. We provide snide commentary to their Hamas propaganda, and then it just ends there. It, it, and we, ha, 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 and then we'll just, to what end? Where are, we, where are we culturally pushing back? What public policy war is being, have we now cleared the brush in the, in, the, in the rhetorical arena to now advance on the right flank? Can you name one? No. No, because there isn't one. There is no, there's nothing other than we own the libs and then it just stops. And so we're over here pretending like this is a rivalry sports message board. They're over there provoking us in order to move the zeitgeist and, and, and close the Overton window to their desired specifications. That's what Aaron was talking about so brilliantly there. We'll come back with more in a moment. Back here on The Blaze Live and On Demand, homeowners beware, a data breach has exposed 24 million of us to home title fraud, a crime that could cost you your home if you've got a mortgage, a refi, or a HELOC. Through a major bank, this breach may have put you at risk of losing every dollar of equity you've built up into your home, maybe even your home itself. There's a story that was going around earlier this winter of a family in suburban Philly who kept having their home put up for sale by someone in North Carolina who had claimed that their home was his. This is an exact example of what we're talking about here with home title fraud. Because when there's a data breach, scammers have a checking account number, last four digits of a social, maiden name, middle initial, the kind of things you use to verify your you. They have that information, claim their you, forge a signature, and now they refile the home under uh, uh, their name. Or uh, maybe they go ahead and take out loans on the equity, then stick you with the payments. Your bank won't protect you. Neither does insurance or identity theft protection. But for pennies a day, home title lock will. Who knows? Your home's title may already be vulnerable. Find out for free with a free title scan and report for our family today at The Blaze. That's normally a $100 value, but it's free today if you go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. All right, we're back here with your weekly look at the week that was. It's our special post-Russian collusion edition. Let's get to issue three. Is there really a deep state? 
When I say the names Bruce Orr, Peter Strzok, or Lisa Page, if you've been following conservative media closely for the last couple of years, they'll probably evoke a visceral negative response from you and might even make you think of the term deep state. But what the heck is that? And is it just the fever dreams of Alex Jones, or is it a real catch-all term for deep-seated bureaucracy? Tom Fitton is the president of Judicial Watch. He shared his definition of the deep state late last year. Is the deep state real? Of course the deep state is real. Some people call it the shadow government. I used to call it the shadow government. I sometimes call it, I like this, the alt government, the permanent bureaucracy, the administrative state. And this is the, this is the government bureaucracy and people who come in and out of it, political appointees of both parties, who are committed to the institutions and the administrative agencies before being committed to the principles of the republic. And anyone who stands against these administrative agencies, anyone who blows the whistle on them is to be suppressed and destroyed. They see Donald Trump as a threat, hence the attacks, leaks, spying, all of that on Donald Trump. But we see this with whistleblowers individually if you work in the, in the agencies. We see this in Congress where the deep state is well represented in the agencies, in, in Congress where the agencies get virtually no oversight because the oversight committees are essentially arms of the agencies they're providing oversight over. It's that incestuous. And then you think the politician, the political appointees that come in and out, well, some of them are, are tough and they come in, uh, come in and they try to clean house. Well, woe to them because they often get destroyed by the bureaucracy. The bureaucracy in, this, in Washington, D.C., is uh, anti-conservative, it's anti-Republican, it's pro-Democrat, and very liberal. So these agencies are strongholds for liberalism, so they don't like any efforts philosophically, and of course their jobs depend on it, to cut back the size of government. And that's the deep state. First question. Shannon, I'll start with you. Did, did I let my immediate disdain for conspiracy theories on their face? Because they're usually excuses for losing by lazy thinkers. They're the, they're, they're the socioeconomic, cultural equivalent of we was robbed by the refs. But sometimes you are robbed by the refs. Sometimes it happens, just usually not as many times as it's claimed. Did I let this blind me to the fact there really is a cachet of folks? embedded in our massive federal government who believe it's their job to maintain the balance of power as they see it? Or was this simply a group of progressives who couldn't believe Donald Trump was elected president, so they tried to take him out as a singularity? Which do you think it is? Do you think it's both? What do you think? Well, I, I, I absolutely think, I mean, you know, I have a few things that I say about conspiracies first. I, I agree with, with half of Tom Fitton's assessment. I'll start there. Um, on a conspiracy, listen, one man's conspiracy is another man's five-year plan, right? I mean, it simply is two people coming together to create a plan <laughs> to achieve something. Well said. Um, the, the most interesting things that ever have ever happened in the course of human history were the result of conspiracies, Right. So a two Brute, the Russia or the, you know, the American revolutionaries conspired against against the British crown. Were the uh, Sons of Liberty maybe a conspiracy? The, the Redcoats probably thought the Sons of Liberty were a conspiracy. Right. Well, I mean, Judas, he conspired with the Pharisees in, in you know, the time of Jesus Christ. So this, the, I, you don't want to get so so um, dismissive of conspiracy that you don't see the ones that are right in front of your face. Mm -hmm. OK, so 
start there. I absolutely believe there is a conspiracy. I don't think that it a, a deep state. I don't think it is confined to Washington D.C. or to politicians or bureaucrats. I think it's a you know a coming together of state officials, federal officials, corporations, and lobbyists, and, and essentially of an elite group, a, a secretive group in the U.S. that directs public policy, they direct legislation, and they own most of the people in Washington D.C. And so, and that. On that end, I agree with Tom Fitton. I would caution people as to thinking that the deep state dislikes Donald Trump or that Donald Trump is not a member of, whether it's witting or unwitting, of the deep state. And all you have to do is look, it, 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 two years into the Trump presidency, and he's probably the best thing that's ever happened to the elite class, the shadow government, the deep state. What, what are their goals? What do they want to keep in place? Number one, the status quo. They want things to continue as they have always continued and to grow and expand their power. Well, let's ask ourselves, who is running the Republican Senate? Mitch McConnell. Who is running the Republican House? Kevin McCarthy. Who is running most of the agencies that, that in which the, the deep state exists? These are Obama-era holdovers that Donald Trump has kept in place or progressives that he's put in place. Rod Rosenstein, for example, is the deputy AG is an Obama-era holdover, for example. Right. Yeah. So what do they want? They want the status quo. They want us weakened and mired in debt and deficit. What do we have now? We have a worse uh, a worsening deficit problem, and it is worse than the Obama administration under this Trump administration. Okay, let me get other people in. Uh, that's yeah. a good point. All right, Todd. Well, this is all true, both sides of your question, and multiple things can be happening at uh, the same time. I, I agree with most of uh, what uh, Shannon said while believing I believe in almost all of what uh, Tom Fenton said. First of all, it, it, this is clearly a group of progressives who just hate the fact that they lost an election and are trying to overturn it this way. That is, um, that's undeniable. Just through the, it, it, and that's through the media, that's through political rancor. That's like, the, but in terms of the deep state itself, uh, listen, uh, a, there's something to the who said it about the Senate that the Senate is supposed to be the cooling saucer of debate. Mm -hmm. Well, to some degree, a, a the the bureaucracy to the extent that you will always need one is also supposed to be that they are and uh, it, experts have been taken gone way too far in terms of the control they're supposed to have out of their life. But I, it's pretty cool to be an expert to go to have one to go to. So that's all right if the bureaucracy is really there and is America first. But Tom Fenton nailed they're not. What happened here? How many of them? Not all of them, but a coup attempt. And I'm not using this term loosely. A coup attempt happened here concerning Donald Trump. And you don't have to like Donald Trump to acknowledge that. There were people within the, the federal government, bureaucrats, who decided they were going to take over the government via this means. To, to, see, because I think you're both, I agree with both of you, actually. Um, I, I, what I hear you say is that this pre existing. F faction, the election of Trump caused them to put more mustard on the hot dog that they were always cooking mm -hmm. anyway. What what I found interesting is about a year ago, I listened to a podcast with uh, an old friend of mine who's a GOP consultant, Matt McCoviak from Texas. And he was interviewing General Lieutenant General Michael Hayden, uh, who is, you know, a, a John Brennan kind of a figure, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in terms of America's national intelligence. And, and I wanted to hear what his complaints about Trump really were. All right. And he kept using this phrase over and over again. I think I even wrote about it at the time. You talked about it. Yeah, he, he violated the norms. Yes. Over and over again, he used this phrase. Whose norms? Exactly. 
the people associated in, in, in alignment and in career in career conjunction of Gen Lieutenant General Michael Hayden, their norms. Who determines those norms? I agree that we need a cooling a, a, a saucer that cools the plate. That's what the Constitution does. That, that's why it's hard to amend it. That's why there's a checks and balances. This, the idea that human you know, bureaucracies, that they perform this function, we created a constitution to avoid that very dynamic of star chambers and everything else taking place. What do you think, Aaron? You get the last word. Yeah, I think both of what uh, Shannon and Todd are saying are, are true in their own rights. And I think it's compatible for both of them to be true. Uh, because on the one side, let's not pretend that Donald Trump has completely drained the swamp uh, oh, on no. any on any level. <laughs> no, amen. Uh, on the other side, though, that does not mean though that the swamp doesn't see him as a, still right. as a threat. And I think what, what happened is that a few of these um, bureaucrats lost their bureaucratic droning cool and said, "Oh boy, we got to do something," and panicked. Probably, mm -hmm. I think that's probably the. The, the thing that happened. And then the other part of this, and, and Shannon mentioned something, I think, along these lines, and Tom Fitton as well. It's This is not a Republican. These people are committed to power. They are committed, as Shannon said, to the status quo. Mm -hmm. These bureaucrats are. And so I, Donald Trump is not trying to drain the deep state, uh, while at the same time the deep state is uh, afraid of him, seemingly. I think both of those things can be true at the same time because we're all stupid. I, I think the I think Trump's tepid attempts to fulfill his promises to 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 drain the swamp actually confirm what fitness talking about. I mean, when he the fact he even says we don't have to be in Afghanistan for Evs, and yet we still are. He's like made no actual move to get us out. But even the fact he would say it out loud. All right. He we 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 are we aren't we, the border is the worst crisis it's it's been like ever. The fact that he would say out loud, we, we shouldn't import a bunch of rapists, murderers, and thugs, and we should build a wall. Even if he makes no moves to, to act upon these talking points, the fact he says them out loud causes these people to go insane. In a way, that almost just kind of confirms in, in, to some extent what Fitness talking about in that video. Exit question. If the so-called deep state were a who song, which who song would it be? A. Baba O'Reilly. As in, that song's about a, a dystopian future at the hands of a tyrannical government. B, who are you? Or C, you better, you bet. What do you think, Todd? You better, you bet. Shannon? Ditto again, Todd. We're on the same three page for three. today. All right. It's what do you think, Aaron? B. Who are you? Yeah. Okay. It, it, Shannon, we would have been on the same page a lot more in the past, but you keep making up your own songs for things. So right now we're on script and we, we've got to keep rolling on this. All right, let's get to issue four. Sideshow. There are ample examples of sideshow acts related to the Russia investigation over the last couple of years. Allow me to nominate my favorite example. I present to you The Travels of James Comey, set to the music of Aaron Copeland, and the poem Song of Myself by Walt Whitman. I celebrate myself and sing myself, and whatever I assume, you shall assume. For every atom belonging to me, as good belongs to you. How did you tell him that there was a, and I want to put this delicately, pee-pee tape? How did you tell him about that rumor? I loaf and invite my soul. I lean and loaf at my ease, observing a spear of summer grass. I spoke about information 
unverified that related to an allegation that he was with prostitutes in a hotel in Moscow and that the Russians had uh, videotaped it. I didn't go into the rest of it. I thought that was notice enough. Uh -huh. and I was so you didn't mention the salacious detail of, of the two prostitutes getting up on the bed that o the Obamas had stayed in because it was the presidential suite uh, and, and uh, um, you know, uh, engaging in some water play. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't mention that at all. I thought I'd, I'd served enough notice without going to that pocket. Okay. Who has done his day's work? Who will soonest be through with his supper? Who wishes to walk with me? Will you speak before I'm gone? Will you prove already too late? Failing to fetch me at first, keep encouraged. Missing me one place, search another. I stop somewhere, waiting for you. But what I've learned is that sometimes the way I see myself is not the way reasonable, thoughtful people see me. And you can't get trapped in that view that, that everyone will understand what's inside my head and accept my good motivations, accept that I'm acting in the right way. And I blew a number of things that I talk about in the book, and a lot of them were based on perception, where I didn't anticipate how people might hear my words differently than I intended them. So we have Aaron. <laughs> we have Aaron's nomination. Yes, uh, James Comey and the the thing with the gnome. Perfect. Let's have some fun for the other two on the panel. What was your favorite character slash caricature slash trope that emerged from this two year odyssey, Todd? I, I'm. I can't offer more originality. And Aaron, I, I did not know Aaron was going to do that. I had no idea what his choice was. But my my pick was was Comey, and you saw the picture of him standing amongst the trees. And when he posted that on Twitter with so many questions after it came out, it's it would have been one thing if he just posted so many questions. And because one could expect that, and that's fine. But. The, the fact that he put that picture in there, I've said a long time ago about Comey, that before any of this Russiagate came out, that he just seemed to love being on television. He just had this kind of like Sammy Davis Jr. thing when he was talking about issues and, hey, this is fun. And he, he just cannot help himself from being the center of, to put that picture, I mean, really, then... Um, that violates so many things of the dude code no doubt. to put that pensive picture up there no, standing up no at the trees. You oh. can put the picture and up there and say, here, I was in the sequoias. Or you can say the thing. You can't put the two together. That's no, 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 no. Yeah. Quickly, because we're going we're gonna to say something, Aaron, really quick. No, it's okay. just that's, that's like the third or fourth picture like that he's posted. Shannon, you're up last. Go quick, please. Um, the love triangle between Kellyanne Conway, George Conway, and, and Donald Trump. I just can't get enough of that. It is I know one of the most damn peculiar things I've ever seen in my life is that. Wow. I can't look away. I can't. Yeah, I, 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 wow. I, I mean, it's either a shtick. I mean, if it's a shtick, if it's something prescribed to achieve God knows what, that's bizarre. What possibly could they be trying? But if this is actually happening, like what is, ha what is I going on? I I'm with he, you on that. It's I, it's the craziest. Yeah. Exit yeah. question. If Robert Mueller's ultimate role in this were a Who song, which Who song would it be? A, Pinball Wizard. B, Boris the Spider. Or C, My Generation. Aaron. My Generation. Shannon. Pinball Wizard. Oh, My Generation. My Sorry, gen Shannon. We were close. All right. Force prediction. Everybody goes on the record here at the end. Without a roadmap to obstruction of justice, courtesy of Robert Mueller, 
Will the majority Democrats in the House proceed with impeachment hearings? I don't mean like one person, you know, the Tlaib woman. With the, I mean like substantively pursue this from the leadership on down, okay? Will they pursue impeachment hearings against President Trump this year, Todd? No. Shannon? Not this year, but this is just season one next year. Aaron, what do you think? Yes. You think the answer is yes? Yes, and this would be Donald Trump's best gift. Shannon, good to see you as always. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Hey, opening up today nationwide uh, is the new movie, Unplanned. We had the star Ashley Bratcher on the show earlier this week. Pinned to the top of my Facebook wall is the interview that we did with her. Uh, If you missed it, you don't want to. You want to go check out that interview. I've seen this movie twice. I'm going to see it uh, after the show again uh, for the third time. If you want to get more information about this movie that steps on the neck of the shibboleth of the damned, the child-killing industry, and the way that it does it is by telling the truth and then offering mercy and grace at the exact same time. Uh, Check out more about this movie at unplannedfilm.com is the website. You can go there, watch the trailer. And it's a good trailer. It doesn't do the movie justice, though. Trust me. Unplannedfilm.com is the website. Um, You will not be the same. After you see this story, because you're going to we're going to take this issue away from the political and theoretical debates. And now we're going to look through the eyes of a woman named Abby Johnson, who went to work as one of the youngest clinic managers in Planned Parenthood history because she really bought into and believed uh, in their talking points and in their mission statement. Until one day she had to go into the back of one of those surgical rooms and what she saw changed everything, including her life. Check out the movie, unplannedfilm.com is where you can watch the trailer. Watch our interview with Ashley Bratcher on our Facebook wall right now. We'll come back, hour two of the Steve Day Show, live and on demand on The Blaze, next. with hour two live and on demand on the blaze this is the steve dace show i am steve dace they're todd and aaron who are you we could find out if you'd email us steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us d-e-a-c-e if you're listening uh today on blaze radio or the podcast by the way if you are listening on the podcast today if you'd be kind enough to leave us a five-star review if you like us we would appreciate that thank you as well as thank you to the thousands of you that have done that for us already uh you can also like us on facebook but click that like button a lot i mean like tons because apparently they don't like to record our likes unless you force them to. And you can follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Hey, do you have itchy ears, ear pain? Are you constantly asking people to repeat themselves? If that's you, well, a, a doctor visit could be in your future. A long wait in the waiting room. Time you don't have. What if we could save you that time and offer a solution at the same time? It's called WaxRx. It uses a physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes earwax buildup and then soothes the ear with a pH condition formula, and you can use it in the comfort and convenience of your own home. And now you can get it without a prescription as well. All right, so if this sounds like a deal that's too good to be true, try it risk-free today. WaxRx is what it's called, and you can go to the website, usewaxrx.com. That's usewaxrx, all one word, usewaxrx.com. And while you're there, type in offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. 
We're making this such a good deal. You just you can't say no to give it a shot, okay? Use WaxRx.com, offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. We're going to get to Feedback Friday coming up here soon. But first, it is time for today's Truth Bomb, brought to you by my new book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise. You can pick up your copy at bookstores wherever Kamala Harris's books are sold as well. It'll be right next to hers. Or you can spare yourself that uh, that visual and just go to Amazon.com, type in Truth Bombs and go right to the page, order it right there. And if you've gotten the book, if you had a chance to read it, if you liked it, if you'd leave us a five-star review at Amazon, we would appreciate those. Thank you to those of you that did that too. Uh, here is today's Truth Bomb. There's no collusion and no obstruction, but it took a long time to get there. Mr. President, you have the ability to release the FISA applications. There was the original application, three subsequent uh, uh, renewal applications. We are told Andrew McCabe said no dossier, no FISA warrant. That was a backdoor to your campaign before the election. Uh, right. The dossier also was leaked to The Washington Post, parts of it, and Isikoff and David Korn to the American people and, of course, never verified do you have plans to release those FISA applications, gang of aid information, the 302s of Bruce Orr and others, and the five buckets that John Solomon and Sarah Carter, as they call them? I do. I have plans to declassify and release. I have plans to absolutely release. But I have some very talented people working for me, lawyers. And they really didn't want me to do it early on. Devin Nunes, by the way, and Meadows, and and you look at Jim Jordan, and so many of the people that, that were, they worked so hard. And a lot of people wanted me to do it a long time ago. I'm glad I didn't do it. We got a great result without having to do it, but we will. One of the reasons that my lawyers didn't want me to do it is they said, if I do it, They'll call it a form of obstruction. So they'll say, oh, you released these documents. So we would make all of this information transparent. You know, in politics, you always hear transparency. Would make it transparent, and then they'd call it obstruction, knowing the people we're dealing with. So, frankly, I thought it would be better if we held it to the end. No, but at the right time, we will be absolutely releasing. And I did the right thing by not doing it so far. A couple things that uh, I want to say in response to that. Um, first of all, both individuals on uh, each individual on, on both sides of that conversation are people that uh, we have been critical of times on uh, on this show, and I think deserving. If I didn't think it was deserving, I wouldn't have been critical. And if I was critical and then found out it was undeserving, I would have come back and said that was undeserving. In this case, I think both individuals on each individual on both sides of that conversation deserves some praise. Number one, I am glad Sean Hannity asked that question. I hope he keeps asking that question until these disclosures are made. Okay, it's very obvious that he has the president's ear and has had it for quite some time. You can like it. You cannot like it. There's lots of things I like and don't like in life. And then there are things that I just have to accept because I don't have the power to change them. Okay, so that is simply the reality. He has the president's ear and has had it for quite some time. So if if he's going to have the president's ear, let's pray that he uses it for things other than just fluffer duty or propaganda. And in this case, the reason why I think this is so vital to release this information, the the argument you and Shannon had at the beginning of last hour's Dace group, what level of vindication was this? Sure. 
Okay. I got it. I had a really, a guy on my email this week had a really laid out articulate. It was long, which is why we can't share it on the air. But I like, but I read through everything he had to say because the more I read it, the more he disagreed. He was disagreeing with my praise of Mueller and he was offering really good rationale for why he thought that way. And I, so, so it was smart rationale. So I kept reading all the way through to challenge my own views on this. And, it, and my response back to him at the, this was about two or three days ago before uh, Sean asked uh, President Trump about this. Um, there's one way to come to, a, to agreement on this. There's a, there's a vital piece of, well, there's a, there's a cache of vital pieces of information all clustered in, in one, in one silo. That would give us a lot of closure on this issue one way or the other. That would settle a lot of the disagreement that you and Shannon had last hour. That would settle the disagreement that me and this individual who thinks I'm being too favorable towards how Mr. Mueller handled his business. And that would be these warrants and applications. Sean is correct. Mr. McCabe testified this. And Andrew McCabe is, you know, the former deputy director of the FBI fired, now facing criminal prosecution. He testified to Congress that without the, that without the dossier, there would not have been these warrants. The, he's the one that said that the dossier, the steel dossier, paid for by the Democratic National Committee, all right, that Fusion GPS and that whole mess, that that was the origin and the genesis and the that was the impetus for them going to the FISA court, which are these courts that are separate in terms of getting um, um uh, getting um, uh, what it's surveillance yep. is the word I'm looking for over individuals. Okay, the one and we've been saying this from day one. You know when when Mark Levin here was getting panned for saying, "Hey, this is a coup attempt." What they were doing here was irregular, and a lot of people said he jumped the gun, didn't know what he was talking about, yada yada yada. Well, all that's kind of been proven true by how this has all played out. And one play and one thing that I have been saying all along since this began was just release all the documentation. Yep. Okay. And let's come, let's come to, um, you know, some semblance of collusion, of of conclusion, Freudian slip there, of some semblance of conclusion over this. Well, this is now where I'm going to give some praise to the president here too, because his analysis at the end of that clip, and I've been frustrated this entire time, that he has not been, even his own son has tweeted several times in the last year, we should declassify all of this stuff, okay? I've been frustrated with the president not doing that. But he offers up a pretty accurate rationale. And that stuck out to me more than anything in as your to, Yes, on. yes, as to why he didn't do it. Because if you read, uh, if you read attorney, the, the letter at the attorney general, his top-line summation of the Mueller report, essentially, the evidence for obstruction of justice— because there, you, you can't obstruct something unless there was an underlying crime by principle. So therefore, since there's no underlying crime of collusion, what, what his detractors are calling obstruction of justice, essentially, is the president defending himself from what he believes are false charges. Correct. Right? Because if, if they're not false charges, here's what it comes down to, guys. Can, if they're not false charges, it's obstruction of using his office to obstruct justice, right? Mm-hmm. If it's true... If it's true that there was Russian collusion, like look, looking at the way the president behaved the last two years, if Mueller had come back and said, here's, we connected all the dots, here's Russian collusion. Is the way the president behaved the last two years, would, could, you, could a reasonable person sure. assume yes. that's obstruction of justice? Because yes. now we know there's a crime, right? If there is no collusion then, 
then knowing since there was no collusion, is it reasonable to assume he behaved this way because he thought he was wrongfully accused of something? And if you and I, we've often said, hey, why do famous people pay people off if they're not guilty? Would you use your money to defend your prestige and your platform? Wouldn't you go to the wall to defend yourself against a false allegation? Yeah. How many times have we said that on this show over the yep. years, yeah. right? I know something about that. Actually. Yes, you do. So now that we know there's no collusion, just as if there was collusion, you could then ex post facto reverse engineer the president's actions as he was behaving this way to try to avoid us coming to this conclusion all this time, which is the very definition of obstruction of justice. Now that there is no collusion, now you ex post facto reverse engineer and realize then you have to you have to make the opposite assumption of his actions. This was a guy feeling like he was wrongfully accused and did exactly what we've often wanted famous rich people to do when they claim they've been wrongfully accused. Instead of just writing a check to make it all go away, go to the wall and defend your character and integrity. And he did that here. And he is correct that if they had released this stuff in May or June, July of 2017, Based on how we've watched his detractors behave, every attempt he made to defend himself was called obstruction. Yep. That's that's not a he's I think he's right about that. Man. That's called d- 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 discipline. Yeah. Which is something that we have complained a lot. I mean, he said uh, he said like the literal words BS last night, which I think most people listening to that. I don't know if you guys saw that clip. Most people. Listening, I can't stand his rallies, man. Yeah, I try to tune him most, out. Most most people who <laughs> listen to that, and he literally said the words, you know, BS mm-hmm. uh, live at his rally. Most people who hear that, it's like, yeah, finally, somebody who's speaking my language. But we've complained about stuff like that, where he just kind of goes on tweet storms and doesn't share. That required, I bet, a ton yeah. of discipline, and he should be commended for Do that. You remember when Cheney. It was Cheney, right? Did or didn't uh, release the name of that female spy? You remember yeah, that? His, yeah, and Scooter Libby, his Scooter uh, Libby, that's Scooter it. Libby was kind of his underling. If that Trump would have released, they went to prison for that. If Trump would have released these, they would have treated him like that. Like, oh, look at national secrets. You're, you're, you're exactly irresponsible. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And there is. Pre- you don't have to be a shill. You're just look. There's precedent for this. They did this to Scooter Libby. What you, that's what you're talking yes, about. Yes. That's that's a great example. And and every attempt he made to defend himself, they claimed was obstruction of justice. Now, if he really did collusion, then it was obstruction of justice. But since he really didn't do collusion, then it's just whether all you, you're left. You, all it, you're left it, with is an international businessman doing business internationally. Yeah, that's the one thing I would have said to Shannon last hour, but we were just running short on time. I don't. You in, in today's and. Pick pick a, a global financier, global businessman of any standing. They're going to have they're going to do ties uh, with uh, governments and regime. That yeah. see that that's why I said it was such a terrible idea to bring Paul Manafort in because you're inviting those sorts of yeah, things yeah. unnecessarily. That's why I took a point okay, off. yeah, absolutely. There's no way you're you're, you're going to be a global businessman and not do business with the Shycoms, not do business with the Russians. That's just the world in which we live in today. Which is why, if you're going to cross over into the political realm, then don't feed the animals. Don't bring someone with the questionable ties of a Paul Manafort anywhere near you. Then because you're just begging this question, you're begging this debate, you're begging this speculation when you do it. That's my opinion, anyway. All right, let's get to it. Feedback Friday.
this is where we take a look at your responses to us, and then we respond in kind. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Day Show. This one wasn't on my original list, but it just came in, and I have to share it, okay? Matt Jones just sent this to me on Facebook. We were talking about Senator Duckworth yesterday. Mm-hmm. We had the clip of, she's a veteran. God bless her. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And she was setting up this, going after the president and his, his his excuse for, you know, not being drafted during Vietnam was bone spurs on his on his deferral app at the, back in the day. Uh, and, she, and she was setting this up to Summer be like- tones, music. Yes, this like devastating takedown, right? And I and we all thought it was going to end with, and that's why he he won't get us out of Afghanistan. Two more soldiers died over there, and she said, and 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 that's why he's a coward for not fighting climate change. And we're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that was actually pretty good. You did a good okay. job with that. His his reaction here, I have to share this. You guys were way too hard on Senator Duckworth yesterday. Militaries have been fighting climate change since Emperor Caligula declared war on the god Neptune and then ordered his troops to collect seashells as battle trophies. That's Dude knows good. his military Dude, history. That's a little Dennis. That's a Dennis Miller comeback there, Matt. That's very well done. I, I was trying. I'm not trying to steal his thunder because he gets that. I was looking up uh, famous emperors with mental disorders, and I was thinking about <laughs> making a Caligula res- reference yesterday, but well done. All right, let's get to some feedback here. Uh, this is from Alfred, who is responding. Remember, we had the email from Joseph a couple weeks ago, wondering why we oh. didn't love his monkey as much as he does, right? Okay. Um uh, Alfred says, I'm not going to give Joseph an out, but one of the things I think is really hard, I mean, fundamentally hard on a completely subconscious level is something you've pointed out pretty recently. That being, we aren't really a Christian nation and we really haven't been in a long time. Furthermore, we are entering a time when the culture in mainstream USA is is more and more openly hostile to the ideas of Christianity, the ideas of freedom, self-determination, and human agency that go along with it. This is evidenced by the fact that the only difference between the two parties is the length of time it takes for our current way of life to be replaced with something which our founders fought to keep us from. Incrementalism versus ASAP isn't much of a choice, in my opinion. Having served in the military in both Iraq and Afghanistan, I can tell you and your audience, after returning home from seeing dysfunctional cultures over there, it's shocking to watch the same thing now happening here. Everything from the open attacks on those of us with faith to the absolute rejection of freedom, free markets, and the embrace of socialism, a culture which is more and more atheistically cultish. I know you're a big supporter of the Convention of States to stymie the bleed. I I tend to think we're far more likely to head for a breakup of the states. After all, the convention will be held by people, likely the same people who represent us now, who who already don't follow what is in the Constitution. Ultimately, I think Joseph and a lot of people like him are really having a hard time with grasping that in the hands of such people, the Constitution is just a piece of paper. As you asserted a while back, the USA is not great because of our nationalism or our economy or because of the things we do or have or have done. It is great because of the core values behind all of it, namely our common Judeo-Christian foundation, which drove all those other things. As it is being lost, the reality is, as the founder stated in the Declaration of Independence, when a government and its institutions no longer represent the people, the people must implement a new government, one which represents them. That's hard to deal with in, con- in the context of today's events. Further, Trump won electorally, plus, but he's been a big Apple Dem hit most of his life. And the GOP is on board with this. And dare I say, people like Joseph, too, who think 
Team GOP has their back when it doesn't. I pray for the country. That's a perspective of a veteran who went over to the Middle East believing that he was going to take part uh, in bringing freedom and democracy to a part of the world that has been anathema to it long before the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock and then came back home to see the sorts of sectarian, secular, pagan, um, you know, rationales that he was caught in between over there in that part of the world are now beginning to take root here at home. Todd, your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, if I one word to describe that is is sober. Listen, we we all in this environment have got to, we're all like trying to hold off. Uh, it's like hold off alcoholism because. To, to just not have to deal with it, the reality, the sobering reality, we find ways to believe fictions, to actually have a few beers or two just to forget about, it, you know, but that's grown up talk that you just got right there. There's no point faking it. Uh, ultimately, if you want change that matters, not just change for change's sake, uh, not just a silly facade uh, to give you your clicks or your jollies, you got to think like that, man. You know, I think... A lot of people hear that message from Alfred and, and their response, because they've heard similar messages from me, just not with the wisdom of the life, the real life experience that he has as a veteran. Um, their response is, so what are we supposed to do right. then? Nothing. Uh, it's not Alfred and I's fault that things are this way. Okay. And if if you think that the best way to respond to this is to just divest yourself from the system and spend your life work on trying to create an alternative system, God bless you. If you think your life's work is as as problematic um, as it is, the Republican Party is still the only speed bump between us and it, so I, I'm going to invest in it, God bless you. And if you think your life's work is on a situate, because this last one is where I am at, on a situational basis, I am going to determine, uh, not from a situational ethic, but a situational strategic basis, what what course of action best insulates me and my family right now from as much of this as I can insulate them from right now, okay? God bless you as well. This is time of the judges stuff. And as you have said, Todd, as long as we're adults about that, give each other a lot of room sure. for conscience to reign. The, what Joseph wants, though, is he wants to believe something aspirational is happening, as you have pointed out, right. when nothing aspirational is occurring. That's here. exactly right. All right. And that and 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 and, the, and he wants to, the, the Josephs of the world want us to affirm his aspirational naivete. I'm not going to do that. Preach. And that's why I kept pointing out to Joseph, I'm doing I'm actually, the outcome of where I'm at is where you want me to be. I went in there and voted straight ticket Republican last November. What more do you want from me? Here's what more he wants and people like him want. Lie to yourself the way I'm, it, it's the end of the dark night. Where, where Two-Face has James Gordon's son and says, lie to him the way you lied to me. They want me to lie. They want people like us to lie to ourselves the way they're lying to themselves. They really, really want to believe. That's why, hey, I just defended the president a minute ago, right after I said, I can't stand watching his rallies. I can't. I think they're an exercise in narcissism, ego, and um, I think it's fake aspirational. That being said, 
if the election were today, I would line up quickly to vote for him because he's the last crash test, crash test dummy between me and the orcs. That infuriates the people like Joseph. Even though I'm in line waiting to vote for Trump and team GOP with him, that's not good enough. You need to lie to yourself the way I'm lying to me. I'm not going to do that anymore. I did that for a long time. And it's one of the reasons why we get met too many of us did it for too long. And it's one of the reasons we got outflanked in this culture by the pagans. Time to start telling each other the truth. All right. And the truth is nothing aspirational is happening here. It is the only aspiration at this point is revival or bust. I'm, I'm even an advocate of the convention of states for the same rationale. I voted team GOP last November. It's to me. It's the. It might be the. La, it might be the last chance within the system to hold as much of this at bay for my kids and my grandkids as I can. I okay? take that after nine. You know how I skeptical of it, it was. What just three years ago when yeah. we had somebody on the show? I'd jump in full head first now. I, I, Aaron, you want to comment on this? Yeah, you I, seem like I you're think, chopping at the bit. Go yeah, I, I, I've been thinking about this analogy, and it was sparked in my head again as he mentioned Joe's uh, email. I mean, time of the judges, dark nights. Uh, let me give you an, um, a, a different movie or a different analogy, uh, really a book. We are living in the order of, order of the Phoenix right now with Harry Potter. This book takes place right after Voldemort returns. And throughout that entire book, the main source of frustration and tension in the order of the Phoenix, for the most part, is this widespread belief and lie and disbelief and disdain for anyone who dares say that Voldemort has come back. Mm-hmm. That is where we're living right now. And that all comes to a head. And that's what, I mean, I, I think a lot of that is what we see from people like Joe. We have to believe, we cannot be faced with the reality of what we are up against right now. I think that's, I don't want to assign motivations. We're going to get into a lot of trouble if we assign motivations. But I think just looking at it rationally, a lot of it is driven by if I accept the truth of where we are at, what will it mean for how I approach That's exactly right. where we are. Yeah. And that comes to a head at yep. the end of The Order of the Phoenix. And I think it's best in the movie where Dumbledore and Voldemort and Harry are duking it out in, in the Ministry of Magic. And at the very end, right before Voldemort disapparates out of there and gets himself out of there, Cornelius Fudge, the Minister for Magic, the, the biggest liar and disbeliever of them all because of what it would mean to his bottom line and his reality his truth, if Voldemort was back right before or right after Voldemort disapparates, he comes back and he stops in his track and he says, he's back. That is where we're at right yeah. now. We need a lot more people to realize that. Yeah. Unfortunately, in that analogy, by the time that the Minister, Minister of Magic figured out that, it, that Voldemort is actually back, it was too he was late. Outflanked. The Death Eaters yep. had already taken over most of the ministry. Yep. There was already more activity of Voldemort going around. That's I. That's the best analogy I think I can come up with where we're yeah, at right that's now. That's a great analogy. It is fantastic. That'll preach right there, brother. Beth Callahan in Edmond, Oklahoma says, you keep saying that without a crime, you can't be convicted of obstruction of justice. I submit Martha Stewart as example A of that assertion being wrong. She was accused of insider trading. However, she went to jail for perjury, conspiracy, and obstruction of justice. The insider trading allegations were never proven. Number one, in a in a strict criminal setting, and I actually did say this, Uh, this week. You can be guilty of obstruction of justice without an underlying crime. I did say that. Number two, Martha Stewart's not the president of the United States. 
Okay, so there, the criminal proceedings of a private citizen compared to the president aren't even commiserate whatsoever because we're not even sure you can even indict a sitting president either. I don't believe you actually can. And the current guidelines of the Department of Justice going back before Donald Trump took the oath of office actually say a sitting president cannot be indicted, which means, therefore, um, in the Martha Stewart case. To use it, if you wanted it, Beth, if you wanted to make this analogous, if Martha Stewart wasn't guilty of any of these things, but kept using her show as a platform to defend herself, okay, um, would you consider that obstruction of justice or her defending herself? Well, it depend on if she was guilty of the stuff, right? If she was guilty of the stuff and kept using her show as a place to run down the character of those investigating her, then it would be obstruction of justice, correct? Yeah. But if she wasn't guilty of the stuff that was being accused of her and she used her show to defend herself and attack those who were attacking her, would we look at it as obstruction of justice or her defending herself? Her defending herself. Yeah, and that's that's the point we're making with the president. Okay, so the the president should be allowed, regardless of who it is. It's like somebody said to me today when I pointed out Chris Evans isn't Captain America, guys. Steve Rogers is. Was there a Captain America before Chris Evans? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. About 60 years before Chris Evans, actually. Chris, Chris Evans, personal political views. Aren't the character. All right. Now, if they change the character. And they have done some of this. They they made Captain America a Hydra agent in the comics. It pissed people off. Bombed. We talked last year about what they did to the Wrinkle in Time movie, where the director of the film openly said she was going to strip it of its Christian meaning and message. What happened to that film despite an A-list cast? Bombed. Bombed. Okay? When they agate prop pre-existing stuff, we should absolutely revolt. But Chris Evans plays the role of Captain America very well. Yeah. But but he's not the he, he's not Captain America. Steve Rogers is. Okay, Um, so his his personal views are separate from the character as long as they are separated from the character. Someone wrote back to me. I don't know why I have to hear his views at all. Just shut up and play the role. Well, he's not. He's an American. Yeah, I I find his views dumb, wrongheaded, ill-informed, but he gets to share his views. If you don't want to hear what Chris Evans has to say, mute him on Twitter. Don't follow him. Ignore him. But if we start saying shut up and dribble, shut up and play the role. We're exactly like that, which we condemn on the left, okay? So, regardless of who the president is, when they believe they are falsely accused of something, whether you're always Trump, never Trump, always Obama, never Obama, always whoever the next jackass is, or never whoever the next elephant is, they get to defend themselves. If, if they had the power to defend themselves and then didn't, what would we think the whole time? They must be guilty. Now, if we find out afterwards that they are guilty and we want to go after them from obstru- for obstruction of justice because we know they were guilty, cool. But since they're not guilty, what looks like obstruction of justice actually is what? Defending themselves. You get to defend yourself. You get to do that. All right? So many of us want a desired outcome based on what we think of people. That moral subjectivism is exactly what the progressivism trying to end our civilization is trying to do. Don't fall for that. All right? What is zero times zero, Todd? Lots of zero. Lots of zeros. What's suck times suck, Aaron? Suck it, dude. Yes. Don't, don't, don't embrace the suck. More in a moment.
sitting there on your desk, Aaron, is what? What did I bring you yesterday? Beware Sicilians bearing gifts. Dawn to dusk. Yes. And you you popped some in. I popped some in right, right. after you left. Yeah. Give us a review. What happened? Um, yesterday, I wasn't dragging already quite as bad. I still was dragging. It was just, it was one of those fog things where you feel like you never really quite woke up. Sure. Afterwards, I was I was not sure what to expect, but I have done the, uh, you know, when I was in high school and I used to drink energy drinks all the time. I was expecting the, you know, really nervous, you know, shaking yeah. all the time. No, I just felt like I, you know, woke up, uh, went out and and uh, worked out really for the first really, you know, got after a time with my roommate. Uh, as far as working out with weights goes, you know, pulled my pulled my left bicep, and that's killing me today. So I had a lot of energy. This was late at night, and then I slept great. I mean, seriously, I just so no crashed. crash. Well, I mean, crashed in a good way, yeah. N- not like just a, in the middle of something I'm doing, just crashed. But when it was time for bed, went to sleep, and it, uh, it was just fine. So I like it so far. I'm going to take some more. I had the best night's sleep actually. I know it's not a sleep aid, but. It doesn't. It didn't affect my sleep at all. You, you're not supposed to take it six hours, um, you know, before bedtime. It, before bedtime. Yep. Uh, and I did not. But uh, yeah, there was no. Uh, didn't really impact other than just making me feel awake. So that was good. There you go. I I use this on a regular basis. Used it this morning. I woke up. Um, I didn't want to wake up. Michigan played the worst basketball game they played in about three years. The worst time in a single elimination tournament. And so it was so bad. I love my team. I had to turn it off with like 10 minutes left in the half because I, I knew I was going to end it. I just, I, I didn't want to get to the point where I was getting way snarky on Twitter and blasting my guys, you know? So I'm like, I'm just going to turn the game off and do something else. I got up this morning. I still wasn't over it. I didn't feel like working out, you know? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to my go-to here. Dawn to dusk. Got my workout in this morning. Um, I just, I love this product, man. And it's and, and what I love about it is the subtlety that Aaron talked about, that it's not radical. Like, you don't feel like this huge surge because you know what happens when you get the surge on one end? You get the wrong kind of crash on the other. That essentially it's, it's putting you where you're supposed to be, all right? Operating at your optimum level, not some artificial level that the, the reverb on that is a, is a son of a motherless goat, but at your optimum level. That's the difference between putting chemicals in your body and getting your energy from the source of where you were made, nature, your creator, the way it was intended. If you want to try out this groundbreaking formula, promo code Steve right now when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. All right, BrickHouseSteve.com. Promo code Steve, you get 15% off of your first order today. Promo code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. And again, it's called From Dawn to Dusk. You want to check it out. All right, let's get back to Feedback Friday. Clinton writes, love your show. Aaron, this email is going to sound familiar to your generation. I'm sure you've had these conversations with your peers a lot. Okay, I'm a 27-year-old Christian conservatarian right here in Des Moines. Shout out. I wanted to get your thoughts on something that's been on my mind, though. As a Christian, I don't hate homosexuals, and I believe you should love people. However, I do not believe it is moral or right, but how is it unconstitutional? I believe as Christians, we should make our stance clear and biblical. We should not stop spreading the word to people, no matter where they're at or what lives they live. I agree with all those things. However, he says, do they not have the right to pursue their happiness? I hope you can make me help or help me uh, understand or give me a different perspective on this dilemma. Clinton, what's happened here is um, we have lost the argument in my generation over what is a right 
and where do our rights come from? And so since we've lost this in my generation, your generation has, has all these terms confused and mixed up, okay? Let's start with, the: do you have a right to pursue happiness? We hold these things to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, which means pre-existing in nature, okay? It means what government can't grant, that can't take away, right? Government's job is to defend that which God has already revealed. That's why God permits human government to defend and protect that which God has already revealed to be right, just, and true. That's what Jefferson means by that line. And among these, he says, are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, okay? Is the pursuit of happiness an absolute? What do I mean by that? Well, there has to be a definition of of what is a justifiable pursuit of happiness. Let me make an extreme comparison. I'm not drawing a moral equivalency, okay? But I'm going to give you an extreme comparison in order to attack the fallacy, Clinton, that you believe. And I don't believe it's your fault you believe this fallacy. My generation didn't pass this on to you. So it's it's our fault, okay? John Wayne Gacy made him happy uh, to kidnap children with a clown costume, take them to his home in suburban Chicago, murder them, and then dig their remains into his yard. Should he be denied his pursuit of happiness? Yes. Why? Well, there's something about it that's wrong, right? Yes. Okay. If your the pursuit of your happiness is at the expense of someone else's pursuit, it's not justifiable. It's immoral. Meaning, if the use of your freedom and liberty imposes on someone else's freedom and liberty, then we call that a sin or a crime. And you don't have a right to that. Okay? So in the case of homosexuality, if you want to make the case to me that it really is just two consenting adults, and it may be immoral and it may be wrong, but we're not out there putting people who fornicate and people who live cohabitate. We're not putting them in jail or prison. We shouldn't do the same thing to people who act out in this particular way because it's it's not the reason the argument, how does my gay marriage imposing on your marriage? The reason that argument was effective is because there is a truth to it. If the way I'm acting out is not getting in the way of your pursuit of happiness, where do you get off asking the government to, to impose its coercive will Whether on Whether it's me? homosexuality or anything yes. else. Yeah, like or blasphemy or anything yeah. else. There, that's a good argument. Yeah. The reason I didn't buy it is because I thought the people who said it Based on the history of those who use such arguments, they're the ones that didn't mean it. And lo and behold, and lo and behold, a decade later, a decade later, sucks. here we are. We've gone from how is my gay marriage impacting your gay marriage to bake the cake bigot, because four legs good, two legs bad. They, they never meant that. They always intended it to become four legs are good, but two legs are even better. They always meant to do that. They always meant to take the farmer's house and sleep in his bed instead. It was always about that. Always. When people like me pursued marriage amendments all over the country, do you know how many people were in prison for engaging in sodomy in America or living with their gay partner? How many people were in prison, do you guys believe? Really low number. It's a really low number. What's the lowest number? Mm-hmm. Zero. Yeah. Yeah, that's how many people. Okay. The reason we pursued those laws is because, well, A, are children typically better off if the state promotes 
um, mother and father marriage. It's that, funny. There's a, that's the only reason for the state to yeah, promote it. Yeah. yeah. There's a study out today that actually shows Aaron's generation of men is actually having the least amount of sex than any generation of men ever, even though they're completely untethered by all social mores. Why is that? The average 28-year-old male in America, for the first time ever, is more likely to be living at home than married with a kid. To get a kid, typically, what do I have to do? Have sex. Have sex. Am I more likely to have sex if I have a willing female in my home most days and nights than if I don't, Todd? Yes. Yeah. 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 Breaking news, by the way, on this very topic. Got a guest coming in next week to talk about this. Yeah. Yes. So it's funny. We removed, we, we said we, 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 um, we, we de-emphasized uh, marriage and said, go have sex with a car battery, anything you can get to consent, go and do it. And lo and behold, your generation of men is getting off less than any generation of men in American history prior. Weird. It's weird. It's really weird. It's almost like the guy who came up with marriage then said, now go forth, multiply. How do we multiply? How do we do that? Do you know? I do. Yeah. Got four of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this Weird. what socialism feels like? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, is when you use your liberty to impose on somebody else's, that's not freedom. That's tyranny. Okay. So this was never about why can't I have the same ability, my particular proclivity to act out outside of God's law with another consenting adult is with someone who is similarly same-sex attracted. Yours might be to, you know, uh, fornicate. Yours might be to be an adulterer. Um, Why can't I have the same? Okay. No, that's not what it was about. What it was about was, now that you bought this scam, I'm going to now use government to make you justify my sin. Justify my immorality. And if you won't, let's see, if you're a Christian counselor, you can't get accreditation. Um, if you're the fire department chief of Atlanta, Calvin Cochran, who was once named the nation's firefighter by President Obama, and in your spare time, away from the Atlanta FPD, you put together a book for young black men that you're mentoring that encourages them to wait until being married to have sex. And that God's design for sex was one man and one woman in marriage. Uh, you're fired from your job. Should I continue? If you're the Bakers, the Kleins in Oregon, on and on and on. All right. So Clinton, with all due respect, you're offering me an argument that's 15 years too late, brother. And this is why we also had a poll earlier this week that showed young Republicans and conservatives your age, Clinton, are actually, they're completely reversing how much they used to be in favor of the whole LGBT agenda because you guys are starting to figure out this really isn't about why, why, why do I have to stigmatize my one gay friend? This is really about how do I get the Christians to abandon their faith, make them second-class citizens so that I don't have to be held accountable to their God where our rights come from and instead can use the coercive force of the state to put the boot to your throat. That's really what this is about, period. So, any other follow-ups do we think we need to that one? Nailed it. Yeah, I mean, even taking a more meta view, what what is our Constitution based out of? Uh, what worldview is our Constitution based out of? Watch, you know, uh, read the Declaration of Independence, and, and you'll get a pretty clear picture of that. And once you read that, I would encourage you to read, and I know you have, I'm just, I'm just saying... 
from a meta uh, kind of a meta perspective, a, a larger perspective, read Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from a Birmingham jail, um, and then go and read Saint Augustine. Uh, any law uh, that does not comport with God's law is no is not a just law. Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That should be, if you're a Christian or from a Christian worldview, that should be enough. But then when you look at the origins of our Constitution, I would hope that that would be enough or that we could return to a place where just that alone would be enough to say, yes, this is not constitutional. But there is, Clinton, a broader argument here, like Aaron said, all right? I can't say, I, hey, I, 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 what makes me happy is murdering people. In order to murder people, I have to violate their right to what? Live. Yeah. Given okay. by. Yes. So if, if giving, your, you, giving you your idea of freedom comes at the expense of, some, of, of what nature has already established is an inalienable right. Like, do you have an inalienable right to pursue an individual relationship with God? Has God granted you that right in nature? Yes. So therefore, can you make the case to me that mainstreaming homosexuality will not get in the way? of that relationship between creator and created. If you can, then let me see the examples. But the more we've mainstreamed homosexuality has the right to honor and worship and follow and live in communion with God grown or been diminished. What's happened? Diminished. Why? Because nature abhors a vacuum. The reason we didn't mainstream homosexuality is the same God our rights come from said it was immoral. Don't do it. It's bad for you. And so therefore, it only makes sense that the more we mainstream this on one end, we're going to have to diminish something on what on, on the other end, right? If we're going to say this is new and good, then we're going to have to get rid of what used to say, no, it's bad. That's exactly what's happening. Everything people like me predicted all this time. Lawrence writes, the situation with us being constantly distracted by shiny objects reminds me of the scene in The Matrix when Morpheus is trying to explain to Neo how the enemy is everywhere and can manifest in anybody at any time walking down the street. Neo gets distracted by a woman in a red dress during the monologue. This is a great scene, you're right. And when Morpheus calls him out on it, the woman is suddenly an agent with his gun drawn. But yeah, we're so concerned with distractions that we're ignoring the existential threats. It's not that the issues being focused on aren't important, but if you can't defend the core issues the others don't matter. That is what I was trying to say earlier. Right on the money, Lawrence. It's not that it's not that turning Ocasio-Cortez into a clickbait caricature is a bad thing for us when she keeps providing all uh, she keeps living up to yeah. all of the caricatures of what this belief system we've warned the culture about. She checks all the boxes, right? That's not the issue. The issue is, once we've done that, tell me then how we are now actively saying, hey, don't do what she said. Let's do this instead. Tell me where that's at. Where's the this instead? We don't get that. Yeah, we we, we don't get any of that. Where's the smaller government instead? Where's the more more personal individual freedom and autonomy instead? Where's the less funding for Planned Parenthood instead? Where's the more freedom in healthcare instead? Where's the deregulation instead? Where? So we just do it over and over and over again. To what end, man? To what end? What is the, that was, what's the end game of why we do any of this stuff? It's not that, what makes something a shiny object is not that it is frivolous in nature. It's that it is shallow in outcome. 
okay? We talked about this yesterday with Colossians. Aaron, the example that you gave from Harry Potter is frivolous in nature. It's just a movie, right? Yep. But you use that in order to point to an existentially important outcome, right? Yep. If we were just sitting here doing Harry Potter trivia, it'd be the same frivolous subject matter, but it would be shallow in outcome. See my point? Mm-hmm. It's not that we it's not it's not that clickbaiting the Green New Deal is bad because it's frivolous. It is frivolous. That's not what makes it bad. Frivolous things can be momentous things. It's that it's shallow in outcome. So what are we going to do with it? You caught the girl. You got her to say I do. You're at the hotel on the wedding night. You just walk out and say, all right, well, you know, tomorrow night I'm going to ask you out again. Let's just do this all over again. Uh, uh, Where we have chocolate is the be fruitful and yeah. multiply. We have chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry, Beavis. Uh, uh. What do we do these things for? Just to what end? What goal do we accomplish with our own? We, it's like we're it's like we're guys at my monthly poker table after Mike Pikes brought the meatloaf, the the and and we and everybody's got gas and we all just sit around smelling each other's farts. That literally goes down. To what end? To what end are we doing any of this? That does actually literally happen. Boy, you're really selling me on coming to poker night. <laughs> <laughs> it's an exclusive club. Oh, Riduzone is a product I want to introduce you to. If you've been fighting the battle of the bulge, man, and it can be a losing battle. I've been there. All right. I feel, I feel your pain. All right. As we get older, our metabolism slows down. Uh, and then sometimes once we speed it up, we can't get it to stop when we want it to. We just keep eating. All right. We need to, and one of the reasons why is our bodies doesn't produce the substance known as OEA the way it did when we were younger. Okay. And OEA both will stoke our metabolism, but then also give the body a, I'm full, stop eating, stop eating uh, uh, message as well. And it's a natural substance. Our bodies produce it just not as much when we're older as when we're younger. You find it, for example, it's one of the dominant substances in uh, olive oil. So you can go drink a whole bottle of olive oil and get that OEA your body needs. Or you can try out just one capsule of Riduzone. Uh, Riduzone has like four ingredients. That's it. Not a whole bunch of chemicals, all right? And then the main ingredient is this OEA that you find in olive oil. Right now, you can get 30% off a three-month supply. If you want to get back up off the mat, if you want to say, hey, I failed on my New Year's resolution, but it's about getting healthier, it's time to get back up and try again, go to riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, promo code Steve, get 30% off a three-month supply today at riduzone.com. Gentlemen, good show today. Always good. Everybody yep. else, have a great weekend. We'll be back again here on Monday if we can still fool these people into keeping us employed between now and then. John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.